This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Happy Friday night. Thank you for joining me. We'll be taking your calls through final hour of the show uh, tonight, but we'll be taking your calls throughout the hour at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on. Um, we were talking, we covered a lot today. We got a lot, We started off with a lot of calls about there's some about like the global energy concerns and climate concerns, Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, some local stuff, parallel products, that news that broke later in the day. So I don't know if Barry had time to react to it, but we talked about it a little bit. And Jess Machado from the Jess Machado show. Again, that's the um, that's the show, that's the time slot I used to have, which I really liked. I really enjoyed that time slot from one to four on Saturdays, but. I really like this time slot. First weekend, I'm really excited about it. Uh, we've gotten a really, really good response from the audience. You're all, um, seems like everybody's really willing to, or really excited to interact with the show, either either through either through the app chat or uh, the phone at 508-996-0500. I encourage you to reach out on either um, to talk to me. And then Monday, you'll be able to talk to Chris and me. Um, which will be cool. Not that this isn't cool. It's still cool to talk to me. Uh, so, 508-996-0500. So, I think Jess touched on some interesting stuff, actually, that she'll be co- talking about tomorrow, but I want to talk about a little bit as well because she'll have a different perspective on a lot of things uh, than I do. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the sheriff's race. It's a huge, It's a. it's a very important race. You know, that's why... I was, you know, when uh, I talked to Mayor Haru, who was in town, who was running for Bristol County Sheriff, I um, asked, you know, I uh, I asked him to come in to, to 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 talk to the people. And people did call. Uh, you know, there's some callers that had one response, some callers that had another response, some positive, some negative. And that's good. That's what I like about this show is that you can call in, you can talk to the guests. And, um, you know, we can, you know, people can really um, figure out who they may be voting for in the fall. You know, his, the term, so he he had said, because I think Jess talked about this a little bit. What he had said was when he was running for, when he ran for mayor, when he runs for office, he gives himself term limits. So he ran for state, he was a state rep. He was a state rep for... I think from like 2013 to 2017 till he, then he ran for mayor of Attleboro 
Uh, and then he said, you know, he's going to run three terms, and then he's done. They're two-year terms over in Attleboro, like New Bedford used to be two-year terms. They're two-year terms uh, over in Attleboro, uh, and then he said, you know, he was done. He did just get elected. Got elected handedly, so it seems like people... Seems like the, his constituents really like him because he, he's won pretty easily. Seems like his constituents really like him. And um, seems like he's an effective campaigner if he's able to do that. So, you know, uh, it, it'll be an interesting race. And George McNeil and Nick Bernier have their own unique qualities as well um, that make them uh, 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 interesting candidates. I'm actually, you know, I'll, I'll spill the tea a little bit. I'm putting together a debate, a primary debate between uh, Mr. Bernie and Mr. Haru and, um, uh, well, uh, Mayor Haru and uh, Chief, uh, Chief uh, former Chief um, McNeil. That will be, that'll be great. Uh, I have reached out to two of those three. I'll reach out to the third, I, although I don't imagine that person will have a problem with it either. They're all in agreement that this is something that we should do. We should get... Um, we should get we should get the people in the race together in a room to talk about the issues that are important. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 obviously a, a like I've always said, it's a tall order being beating an incumbent. But it's not, you know, it's not something that's it's not impossible, especially in in a, a political climate like this. Um, so we'll see how that uh, we'll see how the, that all shakes out. Um, in the, uh, in the, in the fall. I mean, there is, I agree with, I agree with Mayor Haru on a lot of stuff in terms of corrections. I don't think the tough on crime philosophy, and it's not even, I don't think the tough on crime philosophy approach to uh, criminal justice in general, uh, has been disastrous. You know, the last 30, 40 years, we've seen the prison population balloon to, we have the most people, I think total and per capita imprisoned in the United States. So. Uh, recidivism's high, you know, and the just the general conditions of the people that the criminal justice system, correction system affect the most have gotten materially worse. So, um, but 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Um, the other thing I thought that was interesting that she said was she thinks that, she thinks that, um, She thinks that the the signature gathering to repeal the Work and Family Mobility Act. Now, the Work and Family Mobility Act, if you're not familiar, which I think you could probably got to be by now, but the Work and Family Mobility Act is a legislation that was passed. Actually, in fact, I had people on from. I remember I had people on from Mira, uh, the Massachusetts, the probably the the largest Massachusetts immigration advocacy um, organization in the state in the Commonwealth. I have people on from Mira to talk about it a couple of times. The Work and Family Mobility Act, basically, what it does is allows undocumented uh, migrants who are living here to apply for a driver's license. So it basically allows everybody, anybody who's eligible to drive, anybody who's able to drive, to get a driver's license. And they have to take the test like everybody else, right? They have to go to classes like everybody else, take the test like everybody else. But at the end of the day, they can get a driver's license. What you do need, if you're going to qualify for this, is get a is get a either like a birth certificate, a passport, have a birth certificate or passport from 
your country of origin, or a driver's license from another jurisdiction that allows undocumented um, undocumented uh, immigrants to get a driver's license. So, I mean, basically what they're doing, it's, it's more or less, it's called like full faith and credit. So if you get your license, like you get your driver's license in Massachusetts, for example, you can go, you move to New York or you move to California. You can, you don't have to go through anything else. You can just get your change of driver's license to Massachusetts, California, because Massachusetts already said you could drive. So, um, Massachusetts already said you could drive. So California trusts that Massachusetts vetted their drivers properly or Texas or wherever you, wherever you want to go to change your driver's license. That's full faith and credit. So they give full faith and credit to the 16, I think it's other states, and D.C. and Puerto Rico as well uh, are included that um, that give, uh, that allow undocumented immigrants to get their driver's license, to, to get their driver's license. Uh, that would take effect July 1st, 2023. So July 1st, 2023, that would take, that law would take, um, that law would take effect. That process would begin. Now, it went through the House and the Senate. It took years to put this together. I remember this discussion going on for years. I remember when it went on, like when I just basically when I just started here. Uh, it was actually might have been one of the first conversation topics that Chris and I talked about. Might have been that or or, or allowing immigrants to vote, not undocumented immigrants necessarily, but uh, other immigrants, maybe um, documented immigrants. You know, legally resided. Uh, legally resided immigrants to vote, which I think they should be able to uh, here and anywhere else. Honestly, you have a stake in this election. You're here. You're paying taxes. Why wouldn't you be able to vote? But in the EU, I'm pretty sure everybody EU like throughout the EU. I know they allow um, people with residencies in other countries to um, to vote in those elections because they understand that you're there and that you know you have a stake in that election. I mean, the undocumented immigrants that are here, the two, what two hundred and fifty thousand or so that reside in Massachusetts, they're here, they're working, they're paying taxes like everybody else. They're driving to work because they don't really have an option, right? And that makes it less safe for everybody. That's why, like the you know Massachusetts uh, state uh, police chiefs association supported it because they understand that there's a public safety element to it. That uh, people who, if you're able to get a driver's license, then you have to take the test. You have to get insured, like everybody else. You're going to be more mindful of the real rules of the road, right? You're going to be trained at least, and the you know as well trained as anybody else on the road in in handling of vehicle properly and in the rules of the road and you'll be insured you can buy insurance so um it seems like a no-brainer honestly immigration is a federal issue uh it's not something we necessarily are it's not incumbent upon us to really do anything about it right i mean like it's not incumbent upon us to make anybody's like make a resident's life harder because they're undocumented immigrants like that. The federal government is the one that's laggy that hasn't really done any sort of comprehensive immigration laws or any really any immigration laws at all in what about 30 years. I think Bill Clinton might've been the last guy to really pass an immigration bill. 
So, I mean, it's a problem the federal government created. We're trying to ameliorate it. I think there should be a pathway to citizenship for people that are here. And a lot of people that are here come here legally and their green card expires. And it's due to, I don't know, the myriad unnecessary regulations that surround our immigration system. We made immigration a lot harder in the mid-60s. And that's when the immigration issue, quote unquote, really started to balloon because people used to just actually come here seasonally. Um, there used to be seasonal migrant workers that would come through and flow through the, you know, the economy and go back home with money for their families. And now, you know, we have all these arbitrary restrictions. Now we're bottlenecking people at the Mexican border. Right. We're doing that. We're bottlenecking people at the, uh, at the Mexican border. I mean, it's obviously a foreign policy issue, too, because, you know. We're also making conditions in their country uh, unlivable by, you know, overthrowing their governments. Did you hear John Bolton say, by the way, did you hear John Bolton say, by the way, uh, <laughs> as someone who's organized coups, I can tell you that it's very difficult. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Let's go to the phones. Hey, good evening. Thanks for holding. Hey, Marcus. How are you? Good. How's it going? Good. Uh, my two cents on the, the illegal alien driving license thing. Sure. Um, I'm against it. I, I think it's just another um, benefit that uh, Massachusetts tends to be very generous with illegal aliens. Uh, and we can say, oh, you know, they don't get housing. Sure, they get housing. They get medical. They, you know, there's a myriad of things we can list that they get. Okay. Um, and this is just another benefit it's kind of a slap in the face to the taxpaying person who, who tries to do the right thing every day and to, to, to sort of pilot it on top at a time where we're in the biggest. Why is it a slap in the face to get it for, for, for them to get a driver's license? That's what I don't understand. What is it? Why is that like an affront to a Massachusetts resident that's maybe here, was born here or here legally? Well, because I, I think you have, you have, People who go to work every day, you have people, well, retired people, who try to um, follow the rules, who try to do the right thing every day of the week. Okay? Mm -hmm. Not not just to benefit me, but to, to, for everybody. You know, doing the right thing works. Our, our rules tend to work, and it's just another but, breakdown of another rule. That's, that's what I see it as. Okay, so the people that are getting... Driver's licenses, though, the most of the undocumented immigrants that are getting driver's license, they're going to work, too. That's kind of the point, is that they don't really have so any other way to get American to work. they're stealing American jobs. Okay, they're stealing American jobs, then. So that's no one's, another, get, no one's, no one's working right now. There's not enough. There's too many jobs. There's not even enough jobs to fill. The Americans often don't want the jobs that, that undocumented migrants work. Okay. I'll go back to what I say. They're stealing Americans' jobs. Okay. Now, granted, they do fit um, a situation, for instance... Uh, picking fruit, things like that. That's a seasonal thing. And mm -hmm. there should be laws, very uh, clean laws put in place to allow those people to come in. Allow people to come and work at the Cape in the summertime because people don't want those jobs. But as long as it's a, a, a bulletproof process, and there's no bulletproof process in the government, but a good, strong process where we can track people, where we know what's going on, um, then, then I have no problem with that. And I would encourage people to come from other countries to do that. But I, I just want you to follow the laws. We, we, we live in a situation where we the laws seem to be going away and people just can do whatever they want. I mean, and you've seen that as a, a defense attorney. You know, I'm sure you see 
people who constantly, every single month, are down the court for some other new thing, yeah. um, in trouble because they're not really getting punished. You get a slap on the hand. They're getting a free lawyer. I, I just, I don't. I mean, I, that's not necessarily the. I mean, there are people that sometimes you do at the. At the to be candid, sometimes at the courthouse you do feel like you're revol- you're you're just shuffling sure. people through a revolving door. Some of that, though, I don't think is necessarily like, oh, it's because these people are like depraved somehow, or you know, they don't want to do the right thing. I, I just don't think. I think some of the laws, like some of the things that people are going to court for, really shouldn't be illegal in the first place. You know, minor possession laws, things like that. And I, that's the way I feel about right. our immigration system is that there are 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 needlessly cruel or needlessly draconian um, laws and regulations that make the whole process harder for everybody. And it's, they're almost at times like impossible to, to, to follow. Don't you think that would be better for our politicians to, uh, as I say, state politicians, because the federal is kind of hopeless, but yeah. for, for, for local to pass, pass and clean up those laws, clean up those bad laws. Um, What's well, the and- issue? Because it's a federal, like your citizenship is a federal designation, so you can't, you know, giving them a giving them a driver's license in Massachusetts isn't. That's a state designation, right? But they're not; they're still not citizens. They could still get deported at any minute. You know, they can still get deported any moment, even if they have a a driver's license. It's not like they ICE is going to come. They're like, oh no, but I have a, I you know, I can drive. They're like, okay, cool. You know, see you later. So it's it's still a federal designation. Yeah, but for everyone getting deported, and, and listen, deported not, is not always the best solution either. I mean, yeah, but I agree. I, I just, we'll never agree on this, okay? I, I just I just think it's wrong to allow people to continually break the rules and um, be rewarded for it. And that, that's a reward. A driver's license is a reward because it allows them uh, an easier life in a country that they chose to come to. Illegally, they made a conscious choice. Now, children, I don't know what the answer is on that. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't know. There's no easy answer on that. Um, but let's look at adults. When you have adults that constantly are crossing the border, they're making a conscious choice to do that. Nobody's forcing. Yeah, them. but but to make that intrepid up the you know through Central America to the border, I think you'd have to be in some. It's a dangerous. That's a dangerous journey that you can die on. It has to be. You have to be in a situation that's pretty dire. I think to to make well, that intrepid. I'm very sorry, and I respect them for wanting to make a better life for themselves, but I don't want to see them do it on the backs of the American taxpayer. I, I just don't. And this well, on the backs another... of the American taxpayer, their countries are getting overthrown by right-wing militias, by the U.S.-backed U.S. backed militias. That's the whole thing. Like, you know why we call it a bana- we call them banana republics, right? Is because we actually overthrew governments to make to, for the United Fruit Company, so they could grow fruit. So, th- okay, so, so stay there and and stay there and fight it, but don't come oh, to come Massachusetts. On, come on, you know what man. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's easy. It's easy to say, but they're 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 going up against the full force of like basically the United States military and and it's like some of these the conditions that these people find themselves in to make that 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 migration isn't is absolutely entirely our fault um i agree with it and look the whole immigration situation it is our fault it is mm-hmm. it's it's our fault but with that said i'm i'm not going to change the way i think of it. it's just i cannot abide by having to me having to follow the rules you know, everybody else being expected to follow the rules. And then we have another class of people who are allowed to come in and not follow the rules. And we as um, we as taxpayers have to say, 
okay, you know. Well, that's what we're trying. We've got to make new rules because the rules are stupid. We do, and the new rule is going to be you can't have a driver's license. <laughs> that's that's the rule we have now. When you when you um you know when when you get everything sorted out with your paperwork and all that, then I'm happy to help you out. I'll drive you down and we'll, we'll uh, I'll help you get your license. But it needs to be done legally. I can't. We just can't keep allowing society to um, falling apart because nobody's following the rules. Wouldn't you agree that to that that? I don't know if nobody's following the rules is the reason society's falling apart. I mean, um, I think there are just certain rules for certain people, um, right? I think that's why society's falling apart. Well, there are, but those certain rules are for all different people, and it's not just the wealthy. It's all different people that those different sets of rules are for. And illegal aliens seem to have a a, a different set of rules. They don't have to follow. It's just not right. Um, Real quick on Haru, can I give you my two cents? Sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, look here. I I live in South Dartmouth. He came to see uh, the neighborhood, uh, I believe it was last Saturday he was here. Okay. Um, He had his little bike. He was riding around knocking on doors. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always like to, I always give politicians a chance. I don't care what party you're from. I always like to have a quick chat. So he knocks on the door. So I go out and I say hello, and he hands me a, a brochure. And I say, um, you know, he introduces himself and just small talk. And then he, I say, well, what do you think the sheriff can do about the the, um, the illegal alien situation? You know, uh, that's nothing to. This is what he said. That's nothing to do with the sheriff. I'm like, well, wait a minute. And I, you know, I challenged him again, and he said, you're not going to vote for me. And he just took the brochure and he walked away. Interesting. Now, that does a huge. A huge thing. Now, I wasn't rude to him. I was perfectly polite. Mm-hmm. I asked him questions. I wanted to engage him. And I'm willing to listen. If he came up with some fantastic idea that, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, hey, I don't have to vote for Hodgson or, or you know, I, I, maybe I can vote for him. But I at least want to talk to him. But when he's willing to just turn his back on someone who's challenging him a little bit um, and won't even engage, is just that knocks him out of my book completely and and anybody who would vote for him based on that i think it's it's very poor it's just uh you know not good and i think he's the kind of guy he's bounced from job to job he's a standard um democratic insider um who has worked his way up the food chain to the best job i mean that seems to be where he's going with this so um i i just wouldn't vote for him Sorry. Well, that's an interesting testimonial. Anyway, I, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Hey, have a good night. Take you, care. Right? You as well. Thanks. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, good evening. Take three. I'm back. Hey, what's up? Um, about Hoggy Hodgkinson. I just call him Hoggy because I can't really pronounce his last name, but uh, he'll win. It doesn't matter. He, he always wins. He knows... Too many people. He's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of connections. He'll win. Like him or hate him, he'll win. You think so? Yep. As sure as, sure as I got a one dollar bill in my pocket right now, he's <laughs> gonna win. I've got a one dollar bill in my pocket, actually. I will, Interesting. I'll bet you bet your one dollar bill. He's gonna <laughs> win. He always wins. He's gonna be there till he wants to retire. Well, hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. So I have, um, I haven't been able to listen from the beginning of tonight's show, but okay. I'm sure you've already m- mentioned why Chris was 
not there tonight again? Yeah, he's just, he'll be back Monday. Uh, he's just, he was supposed to be back uh, today, but there was a, there was a delay. Um, he'll talk to you about it on Monday, I'm sure. I don't want to take his, I don't want to steal his thunder on that. He's fine, though. He's, he's texting me right now. He's fine. Oh, okay. So he's not like like relapsing from all the stress of Scott. <laughs> oh no, no, he's no, he's he's good. He's good. He like I said, he'll he'll um, he'll probably talk to you guys Monday, um, or we'll just oh, go okay. forward with the show. But he'll definitely be back then. Yeah, because I kept hearing he was going to be on tonight, and then when I didn't hear him, I was uh, you know I was wondering. Okay, so the other thing was, why do you think it is that Republicans, Democrats? independent, all the people in Congress, why is it that there's such a slow moving, no, no progress at all on, on border security so that there is a situation of sanctuary cities and, you know, possibly overburdening certain states and cities with the migration why don't they solve the problem? Like, I, I feel as though, in a way, making, you know, it easier for people to get licenses in certain states will draw them to those areas, mm-hmm. just as the sanctuary city will do. And now it's, you know, a disparity from cities that, you know, are unwelcoming. So, and I, so I feel in a lot of ways it's a disadvantage to, you know, the citizens born in this country. And I feel it's a disadvantage to people trying to migrate into this country because we're not solving the problem of no, you know, migration system that works today. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't work. Um, there's been, you know, these bipartisan senator groups of senators, these gang of eight, you know, that 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 have come together more than once to try to, you know, solve the immigration issue. I remember in uh, 2013, there was that gang of eight with like John McCain, Lindsey Graham, et cetera. It was like a bipartisan coalition that didn't, you know, they had this bill and I think eventually essentially got killed by like Jeff Sessions uh, in the Senate. Like they haven't, it's too politically fraught for them to, to. But they're just, they're making it so. So, so in other words, I feel like it's another example of, of, of a litany of excuses why this, you go to the, you, you know, you, you get elected to get your job done. But it's too easy for people to get rank, name recognition and for voters not to be paying enough attention. If you're not doing your job, you need to go home and let somebody else fill the seat. Because yeah. I feel as though... There's just been too many decades of, well, we get an immigration problem. Okay. It's true. You're Why right. isn't anybody figuring out a way to solve this? <laughs> I don't think anybody wants this, this problem solved. That's what. That's why I feel like it's going to work against the immigrants, the citizens, the taxpayers. Yeah. And I do feel like it's overburdensome for the cities. I mean, look at the school system in New Bedford. You know, it's not the same in Fairhaven at all. So certain areas are going to get so it's it's a disparity between the students and between everyone it's 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 like it- yeah, well, not only that, yeah, I mean, they're trying to, I think they're working on that with New Bedford and all that with the Student Opportunity Act, you know, they're they're getting, I think, an extra, you know, $25 million a year for the next, like, seven years, uh, at least, and a lot of that's going to go to English Second Language and all, and, and, yeah, and all of that. so much more than that. It's like, it's still one school system trying to deal with all the intricacies that you have to deal mm-hmm. with 
when you have people from hundreds of different nations. It, it shouldn't be in one school system. That's not fair to anybody. I don't think anybody's getting the best end of that deal. So to me, if, if, if they don't solve the immigration problem, I don't want to see more and more rights because that's just incentive to never fix well, I don't think that's – yeah, I just – the thing is, is is that there's no – like you can't really incentivize the federal government to do anything at all. So while we have – No, you can. You can vote their butt back home. Well, yeah, right. But, 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 you, but you know what I'm – like from the perspective of someone on Beacon Hill who's, who's, who's working on this law, right, you're not going to – you can call your congressman all you want and they'll say this and they'll say that. But they can't – they can't do anything about it. They like – they just – they can't, or even if they won't do anything about it, the the House leadership, the Senate leadership, or whoever's who, whoever's there, even the person in the Oval Office, they can't and won't really do anything about it in terms of passing, per, making permanent solutions. It's all governed by executive order. So if you're a lawmaker in Beacon Hill, it's like, well, how can we make this immigration issue better here? Because really, the best way to do it is is offer a pathway to because there's 11 million people in the country. The best way to do it is off, offer a pathway to citizenship. And if that's off the table right now, then what you got to do? Yeah, it's 11 million, I think. No way. I believe that. No way. 11 million, 11 million people in the in the country that are here undocumented. I, that's now, been the figure. Hmm? Maybe four years ago. Absolutely. There's no way I believe a figure is that. Sure, long. even let's more to the point. Let's say 15 million or 20 million. Either yeah, way, like, it, it doesn't matter. I think the best way to do it is to offer a pathway to citizenship, but we can't do that. That's off the table. So state lawmakers have to try to make it as the situation as best as possible. And the way to do that, honestly, I think, is to, um, you know, assimilate people who are basically living on the margins of society and into society um, because, uh, you know, you're not going to, you know, you, you can't deport your way out of a, the the undocumented immigrant issue. You just can't do it. It's a practical impossibility. See, I, 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 don't, I actually don't believe that. I believe that if you had a strong border a strong immigration system you would know who was coming in they would be vetted they would be documented i mean i mean a lot of and people that... we could like move forward take as many as you want you know just say okay this is our total number and 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 decide who's going to come I, in i think that's i think that's a moral considering a lot of people that are coming here are coming here as a result of our foreign policy it just right right i'm not saying they shouldn't be able to come but yeah. I feel as though we should know who's coming and why and not just have a free-for-all and have it be like, it's too confusing. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, it is. I feel like you should be able to come and become a citizen the way we had intended it. And there's no reason for it to be like, oh, we can't get this done. I feel like there's a way to get it done and nobody wants to do it. I completely agree with you. And thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I got to take this break. But thank you very much. That's, that's entirely true. It should be a lot easier. It used to be a lot easier. And it should be a lot easier for people to um, to get here and be a, an American citizen, or at least a legally residing resident, you know, right? But uh, it is needlessly complicated and difficult. All right, 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live. Only up, which is great. I'm, I'm happy about that. So just to talk about that for a second, we've got... Uh, our entire week of programming, Chris and I talking to the mayor. That was a good conversation with the mayor about how, you know, we need to, we're in competition with other municipalities, the New Bedford areas in competition with other, um, other, other port communities, uh, on offshore wind. Uh, the conversation Will sent on about the fishing industry 
uh, and how you know private equity has reaped a lot of the profits away from the port and into the pockets of you know like a Dutch billionaire family and other and other uh, private entities. And uh, my interview with Sheriff uh, with uh, Sheriff candidate Paul Haru, um, the interesting exchange with the you know the caller said that. He, you know, you talked to him, he was, he was, um, out there in South Dartmouth hitting doors and the caller had, uh, the caller had talked to him and the guy, according, you know, the caller's, um, accounting of that was that he said, you're not going to, you're not going to vote for me and just walked away. I mean, I don't think that's politically a good thing to do. Right. But, um, you know, it's, I've heard Paul Haru hitting other doors. He actually, when I had. When I was still on on Saturday, someone called in and said Paul Haru hit their door in New Bedford and that he was really nice and she, you know, she was going to vote for him and all that. Might have been someone who was already, um, you know, predisposed to voting against Hodgson anyway. But, you know, I've seen I've, I've heard good accountings of him hitting doors as well. So I've heard him the same thing, riding bikes around neighborhoods, hitting doors South Dartmouth and in um, South Dartmouth and in New Bedford. So that means, you know, he's out there doing that and you know chris and i've talked about this ad nauseum you know there's a formula for winning campaigns particularly local campaigns you've got to raise money to get your message out there you've got to knock doors put up signs make a connection with the voters you know make a make a value make a connection with the voters if you don't do that, people want to know who they're voting for. People want to talk to the person that they're voting for, and they want to have some familiarity with the person they're voting for. So if you give them that opportunity, you'll do a lot better than otherwise, than you would have otherwise, right? So, you know, obviously, Haru is a mayor and a, and a former state rep, so he knows that type of retail politics very well, but so does Sheriff Hodgson. Obviously, Sheriff Hodgson has been elected for a long time. He's a city councilor, so he knows that retail politics, too. Um, 508-996-0500. We were talking about the Work and Family Mobility Act and the effort to repeal it. Again, I just don't think... I was interested to hear uh, Jess Machado say that she thinks her Republican friends are wasting their time on it. I know that there's signature efforts. You know, I heard um, I heard our, our friend and colleague Taylor talking about it. Uh, when he was filling in for Howie, that there's signature efforts going on in the South Coast, and he's going to be a part of it. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, I agree with Jess, and I just don't know if it's an effective use of your time. Getting those signatures, first of all, is going to be very, very difficult. You get forty thousand signatures by August, and really, forty thousand is more like sixty, maybe more, because. Those signatures got to be validated. You know, they've got to be actual signatures, and they're gonna, you know, they're going to kick some signatures off the ballot and all of that. So I've collected signatures for myself and other people, you know, running for office. And you've got to get, you know, the number like when I was, you know, running for re-election on BPW, I got you need fifty, I think, and I got seventy-five. That's what you need. You need that many signatures like more than and so for 40,000 you really should get 60,000 and they got to get it I believe by August. A lot of people said it was a mistake for the state legislator to override it as quickly as they did uh as quickly as they did because it gave um you know these conservative activist groups in the state a lot more time to mobilize. And maybe that's true. Because the polling on that I've seen is actually fairly split. 
it's not but i think once that once that gets going you're going to see a lot of organizations and interests uh the business community the you know like i said state chiefs of police association elected officials not i think you're going to see them really mobilized behind that ballot uh, ballot initiative so i guess we'll see how that goes um i wish it wasn't happening you know i think i think this law is a good law i wish it wasn't happening but um i don't get to decide everything if i did the world would be a better place <laughs> Anyway, 508-996-0500. Take another break and we'll be back. 1420 WB. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back Monday. Um, Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was funny. We were talking, what was I talking about? Um, We were talking about the immigration issue. You know, it was funny. I don't know if anybody saw this because I was, you know, the immigration, our issue with immigration is also an issue with foreign policy, right? It's, you know, people are coming here. There's 250,000, I think they estimate, undocumented uh, immigrants here in Massachusetts. But um, uh, let's say 11 million, maybe more, whatever, 15. I'm, essentially, doesn't really matter what the number is, right? But uh, there's a lot. Um, but it's essentially like a lot of people coming up here is an issue with our foreign policy. And it's because, you know, we spent the last century or so meddling in the affairs of other countries to disastrous ends, particularly in South America, in uh, Central America. You know, I remember when the January 6th riot happened and one, a Republican congressman said, this is banana republic crap. And it's like, well, do you know where the term banana republic comes from? Right. Banana republic. It's called banana republic because we overthrew governments in Central America because the land there was fertile, so it made bananas grow better. And the United Fruit Company, now Chiquita, um, had lobbied the uh, the United States government to protect their interests over there in Central America. And so John Bolton, actually, and that ties into this, this funny little moment, this uh, quiet part out loud moment, where... John Bolton, who works with, who worked for President Bush, worked for Donald Trump, is one of the architects of the Iraq War, um, is, uh, you know, a warmonger of the a warmonger of the highest order, uh, was talking about January sixth, and he says, you know, oh Trump, what Trump what Trump said, what Trump did wasn't legally actionable. He, you know, basically went between, you know, he was just, it was an incoherent, you know, series of uh, actions and, and, and words, you know, him trying to overthrow the election or whatever. And uh, Jake Tapper said, well, just because he isn't brilliant, you don't have to be brilliant to try to organize a coup. And John Bolton got personally, if you could tell, got personally offended by that and said, excuse me, as someone who's organized many coups in my lifetime, (laughs) right? Excuse me, as someone who's organized coups in my lifetime, it does, it's very hard. (laughs) He got like personally offended when he said it's not, when when he said it doesn't take a genius to attempt a coup. Um, And because John Bolton's done it, you know, Elliot Abrams, all of them have done it all over the globe to include countries, the countries where people are, immigrating from or coming here from seeking refuge uh, seeking refuge from the 
mass chaos and violence we are de- created and to this day still create. Um, so it's a long way of saying I, 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 you know, I think this work in family mobility acts a good law, and I think it's, I think it should. I don't, I don't think people that are going out there gathering signatures are making effective use of their time trying to make their communities stronger. I don't think it, I don't think it does, because it doesn't solve any problem. This work in female mobility act solves some problems. It solves some problems. It gets people who are unlicensed driving, unlicensed and untrained driving on the roads, the ability to get li- without insurance to get a license, to learn to drive, to drive safely, and to be insured. So if there is an accident, you can at least, you know, recover <laughs> some of your losses. Right, that solves problems. Re- repealing the law before it even takes effect doesn't solve a problem. I don't. I still don't know what the point is. No one's given me a good faith argument. All oh, voting? No, we've had non-residents. We've had non-residents who have had driver's license in this country, in in this state in particular, for thirty years. Green card holders, right? Green card holders. Residents who are on a visa are able to get driver's licenses, and they have been for a long time, and there's been no issues. And Charlie Baker, I guess, if he is as attuned to voting for voter fraud issues as he says he is, would have probably spotted that if that was happening, right? If that was happening with these green card holders for 30 years. So Bill Galvin's already rebuffed that. We've already had non-resident, non-voting residents, people who aren't able to vote get a driver's license and not had a, a a a demonstrable negative impact on our elections here in Massachusetts so i still don't know what the issue is like i said the only semblance of a good faith argument i've heard on the repeal of a law that really hasn't even been put into effect yet is what anthony amori said and I think that's one that's correctable. We've got a, they've got a year to correct that. I think that's one that's cor- easily correctable. But what he said was, you have people that are, um, you know, Anthony Moore is a Republican candidate for our auditor. State auditor's race is great. Check out my column on the state auditor's race. You've got Chris Dempsey, Diana DiZaglio on the Democratic side, and you've got Anthony Moore on the Republican side. But what he said was, you've got people at DMV that are now, you know, having to authenticate foreign documents and they probably don't have the training for that the dmv may not have the resources for that at the moment or may be under-resourced right or undermanned for that responsibility of having to do that for you know they think they estimate again this law helps would help up to two hundred fifty thousand people right so they're saying the dmvs might not be well equipped but you've got a year You've got a year, at least. You can always, you know, you can always extend that. But you've got a year, at least, to fix that. It's not like an undocumented immigrant can go in with their passport tomorrow and get a driver's license, right? So you've got a year to fix that. Fix that, and that to me, that's the only good faith argument I've heard. Because, like I said, the Work and Family Mobility Act solves a problem. Repealing it before it even goes into effect does not solve a problem. It doesn't do anything. 
508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. Hey, everybody. It's the big... Calling in about 30 seconds. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Um, if you're on document, why would you need a passport? What do you mean? Well, if you're crossing the borders illegally, you won't need a passport. Yeah, but not everybody here crosses the borders illegally, and you might so, take one anyway. But, so... If you have a passport, that means you're here legally. You have That's not stamped. true. That's not true. Yeah. No, because you can come here legally, and then your your legal status could expire. If, if, if I go to England, i got to show my passport. It's going to be stamped. Yeah, but 